Welcome back to Leatherheads Footy. My name is Morgan, and Alastair Clarkson got a win in his very first game coaching North Melbourne. Admittedly against the Eagles, which is one of the easier matchups he could have gotten, but they still got the win. And it's very encouraging for a team that's well and truly on the rebuild and looking to build optimism as much as anything coming into its next few years under Clarkson. This game unfolded interestingly to say the least. The Kangaroos and the Eagles had a pretty even start to the game and it was basically all square at quarter time, which is kind of what you'd expect for two fairly inexperienced, well, evenly matched teams. Round one, both teams are fresh. They're going to go out in the first quarter. Second quarter, North Melbourne really gained some ascendancy, really on the back of strong contested possession. They won that pretty convincingly, as you can see, about 150 to 115, and they won clearances on the back of that 41 to 26. They were able to win the majority of the footy around the contest and then get it moving forward, but they only won inside 50s 49 to 46. And I think mainly this was on the back of the West Coast Eagles defence that is still quite settled. And someone like Jeremy McGovern had a huge game, 12 intercept possessions, six intercept marks. uh, Barras and Hearn also had really big games with like double figure intercept possessions and four and three intercept marks. So they were really slowing down the Kangaroos ball movement. Even though they were winning heaps of the footy and getting it moving forward, the Eagles were able to slow them down and stop them getting the ball as much inside forward 50. Um, it, despite that, though, the Kangaroos were just moved the ball pretty well. I was I was pretty impressed with one area of their game that I didn't see last year was composure under pressure by hand. And there were many occasions during this game where the Kangaroos, normally a midfielder, would be right under pressure in the contest or they've handballed into the middle of the ground. They're trying to move the ball forward. The pressure comes and they just hold on to the footy take their time, assess the situation, and then make a good decision. Whereas I think last year and the year before, they would have panicked in that situation, dump kick forward, turnover, done something silly. But I think their composure was really impressive. It looks like they're, they're trying to kick the ball around a little bit coming out of half back. And one of the key aspects of that in this game was a surprising move of Harry Sheasel in his debut game. He was their pick three from last year. Uh, he got moved to the halfback flank. He's only ever played forward and a little bit of midfield in his junior career and didn't really play much halfback in the practice matches for the Kangaroos. But they threw him back uh, towards the end of their practice, their last practice match. And he must have done all right because they started him there and he was fantastic. 34 disposals, got pretty much the first uncontested possession of the game, took a, an intercept mark in the defensive 50 after the Eagles got the first clearance. He turned that ball over, but what I really like to see is he didn't drop his head. He got two quick possessions after that and he was away. He just looks really, really clean. He's a really good kick of the footy. That's one of his main tricks is his finishing, but just super clean and really good at getting to the right positions. Um, he was able to show that in the forward half of the ground and in the midfield, but good to see that that also translates into the back line. And it'll be interesting to see the progression of his career. But for now, it's fantastic to settle him back there. He just gives them the class and composure. They're missing Aaron Hall at the moment, but I think potentially Sheasel is an even better option than Hall. And maybe Josh Goder moving into that more run and carry role. But Sheasel is the main kicker and looked awesome playing that role. Jack Zebel also playing halfback with Luke McDonald there. The sort of smaller guys that are going to be in charge of rebounding the ball from 50. Um, for the Eagles, their forward line is actually somewhat of a strength. 
Um, even though they've got experienced players across the board, the midfield actually seems to be the most disrupted, um, particularly with the players that they're missing. So I thought Elliot Yo being out of this game and Nick Nadanui being out of this game really affected their clearances and their contested possessions because Yo is, is an inside bull. He plays a similar game to Luke Davis-Uniak, who had a really big game, 19 contested possessions, 10 clearances. I think Elliot Yo could have potentially matched it with him in there, but as a result of Yo being out, Shuey played more halfback than midfield, even though he was still one of the West Coast leading clearance players getting to the stoppages around the ground. He didn't really attend many centre bounces. So it was Sheed, Kelly, Jinby and Xavier O'Neill, who, apart from Jinby, who's definitely a first touch contested clearance player, I think Kelly's a little bit more of a outside midfielder. Sheed, I think so as well. Even though he can do the first touch stuff, I don't think that's his strength. I think his strength is, is more of the spread and maybe that second disposal out of the stoppage. So I thought that really hurt them. And um, LDU, Simpkin, Cunnington did, had a quiet game, but those guys were really strong in there and they really led to the ascendancy. But North Melbourne's forward line, a little bit dysfunctional bar Nick Larkey, who had a huge game, kicked six goals. Um, they've got they've got pieces there that you see and um, you believe are going to be their long time uh, long term forward prospects. Like they've got Larkey, they've got Paul, uh, Paul Curtis, who I really like, and they've got Charlie Combin, who I had an impressive game. Um, it wasn't the game that he would have been expecting coming into it, but um, Tristan Zeri rolled his ankle, but looked pretty bad, and he was subbed off in the first quarter. After that, Charlie Comden had to go into the ruck and play pretty much full-time ruck. He had like 13 score involvements for the game. So he was obviously competing really strongly in there, and I think he had five tackles as well. And that's something that Nick Larkey said about him on the radio, is he's really good at ground level. He gets fired up, and he can put that defensive pressure on, which is impressive for a big guy. Also kicked a goal, getting out the back, long legs running, and finished well. Like He, he looks pretty athletic. And a guy that they'll be looking to partner Nick Larkey in the forward line. Didn't get that opportunity, though, because he had to play Ruck after the injury. Um, Paul Curtis touched on a little bit. Coming into his second year, I think he's a guy that's flown under the radar a little bit. But he's a really smart player. Gets to the right spots. Kicked a great stoppage goal, which isn't easy. It's not easy to kick forward 50 stoppage goals. Um, that like Guys like Keziah Pickett, Isaac Rankin, that's sort of the class of player that you're looking at to do that sort of thing. And he kicked a really good one. Maybe West Coast were a little bit slack defending because no one really laid a finger on him. But um, still got to be in the right position and do that. Uh, For the Roos, I also like the game of Tom Powell, another personal favourite. He just makes things happen. And he always has high score involvements, even though he doesn't really attend many centre bounces. Sort of plays a half forward-ish role, a little bit of wing. But he just gets involved and he's very, very creative. Very creative with his hands, like an incredible handballer. Um, just needs to put on a little bit more size and hopefully get a bit more opportunities in the midfield. Cam Zerha was good. He kicked two goals. Uh, Curtis also kicked two, by the way. Zerha was good. Had a tiny bit of a run through the midfield, but I think he's more of that forward guy. And again, just attacks the footy in the air, but probably more impressively attacks the footy on the ground, um, busts through tackles, just creates chaos in the forward 50, with which the defenders would hate. Um, Jai Simkin was a little bit quieter, but I think he's... He's the perfect foil to LDU in there. LDU gets to the outside of the stoppage with 
composure and power, like lateral movement, agility. He wins the footy. He's very characteristic in the way that he plays. He holds the ball in two hands. He sort of pauses, looks around, and then he'll burst, take a couple of steps, wheel around, and he'll find a way out of the stoppage with his legs. Simpkin, he gets out of the stoppage more with his hands. So he'll get the ball, but he, he's a very good handballer as well. He's got a fantastic sidestep, so he will use that, but he's more a guy that wins the ball inside and he'll find a teammate who can then burst into space, someone like LDU. So they work really well together. Uh, as for the Eagles, so uh, as I mentioned before, Kangaroos got uh, on top and took a 20-point lead into halftime and then started the third quarter really well. They got their lead out to about 34 points halfway through the third quarter, and then that's when the game turned. I'm not sure exactly what happened, um, I think the Eagles started to win a little bit more of the footy inside, but I think it was more just efficiency inside forward 50 because the Kangaroos still had a pretty strong hold on the contested footy and clearances, but the Eagles maybe got a little bit more speed into their ball movement. It was around this time that they subbed on Petricelli for Jamison. They came in with two rucks, Jamison and Bailey Williams. So Bailey Williams was doing a pretty good job. He won the hit out, so admittedly against Coleman. Uh, they decided to sub Jamison out and bring on Petricelli, who's lightning quick. And maybe that was a little bit of a turning point, but Jermaine Jones also got on the run. So it was like Jermaine Jones, um, Cripps, and Liam Ryan started to get really dangerous in the forward line, along with Allen and Darling. And Liam Ryan in particular really got them going. He had a few inside 50s. He had five odd tackles, kicked three goals for the game and was a really important uh, player in that run. Uh, they kicked like six or seven of the last eight goals in the game. So they really came back hard and threatened to take the game away from North Melbourne. Allen kicked two goals too, and Darling kicked a goal. I think he missed a couple of goals, but he kicked a really good goal from the pocket. Luke Shuey kicked a good goal after characteristics sort of, yeah, he's very good at ducking, raising the arm, getting a high tackle. He did that to beat Port Adelaide in the elimination final a few years back, but he kicked a good goal. And he provided a good amount of drive from halfback, which is something that I think they're lacking with their chip around game style. They need some run and carry. Someone like a Shuey, Jermaine Jones, Petricelli, Liam Ryan, these guys actually provide that run and carry that can break the game open. Um, already touched on McGovern, Hearn and Barras, they were really good. And then Jimby, who was also on debut for the Eagles, he is just huge. That's Every, every time I watch him play, I think this guy's enormous for a 19-year-old kid. Uh, he won a lot of first-touch disposals in there, didn't get heaps of clearances, so he probably was getting tackled. I think he had about 15 touches, but 12 tackles which is incredible. For a guy in his first game, that shows the size and strength of him. Um, and he can kick the ball long. He's got, he tested off the charts at the combine, at the draft combine. So he's got really good speed, really good vertical jump, endurance, and he's massive. So he's going to be their real big inside ball for years to come. Think like a Tom Green, um, Paddy Cripps even. Not the volume of disposals that those guys get, but that's his potential. And, um, He's one of those players that has everything physically. He's got the physical competitiveness and the bravery in the contest. Um, it'll just need some polishing up, maybe some learning where to run, um, stuff like that. So overall, um, I think it, it would be encouraging for North Melbourne. Um, pretty disappointing for West Coast, though. Uh, they would, If, if they're going to beat anyone, you'd think it would be the Wooden Spooners from last year. They were missing some players, so be interesting to see how they back it up. They're, next up, they've got uh, Greater Western Sydney at home at Optus. Greater Western Sydney will be missing Whitfield and Kelly, both to concussion. 
Um, but they still had a good win against Adelaide. And I think that their fast ball movement will really trouble West Coast. It'll just be how well GWS can hold up defensively. Um, we'll see who comes back in. I think Nick Natanui is still a little while away. Not sure about Yo, whether they'll risk him round two after pulling him out of round one with that calf complaint. So um, personally, I think GWS probably beat them at home and it'll be really interesting to see who plays on uh, Toby Green. I'm thinking Shannon Hearn might have to. Uh, he's sort of their mid-ish size defender and he's strong enough in the contest, but Green's just so clever and agile that, yeah, it could could be another five, six-goal performance. He kicked four goals for, um, but I'll get to him in the GWS Adelaide match report. As for the Roos, they also will be in Perth next week. They're taking on Fremantle, and it'll be another really good test for them. Uh, Goldstein will probably come into the team for Jerry. be interesting to see if Phillips holds his position. He came on as a sub when Jerry went down, and he actually played quite a lot of midfield um, once he was brought on as a sub. So maybe they like him in that rotation, and we'll have to wait and see if he holds his position or if they just bring Goldstein in for a straight swap for Jerry and keep everything else the same. Combin maybe plays more forward, and we get to see how he fares down there. Overall, um, pretty good game, but I think even if North Melbourne lost, they would be in a better position just given how young their list is and the direction they're heading. Really worrying for West Coast because apart from Jinby, um, there weren't a lot of good signs for them. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Don't forget, uh, subscribe, like YouTube, and uh, subscribe to the Instagram as well. Instagram and Spotify, all that stuff. Find me there. TikTok as well now. Thanks for listening.